up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe. It is Monday, October 19th. Yeah, how about that? How about week six? <laughs> Every year, and and I usually is week six. I don't know if that's true or not, but it feels like it's week six every year where just crazy stuff happens and everything we thought was going to take place for fantasy purposes doesn't take place. And that's just kind of where we are. So if you're feeling like that after week six, you're probably not alone. But of course, on the podcast today, I want to break down everything that we did see this weekend in fantasy football, well, in the NFL and applying it to fantasy football that's what I do. So we're going to do that on the pod today. Uh, before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there's no salary caps. You don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance of winning even you. MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, and football. Of course, Monkey Knife Fight has it all. And you know what else? MonkeyKnifeFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain... You know what you're getting into when you sign up to play Monkeys and Knives and Fights and Sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. I got to tell you, so if you're in a state where gambling is not legal, which is most of the states in the U.S., and you're not close to a state, you know, I know there are people who live close to a state, so they just go across the border and blah, blah, blah. You know, for a while that was happening, they were, there was like train stations in New Jersey, like right over, right across the border from PA or, you know, over the river from PA or from New York, where people would literally just go to the train station <laughs> and get on their apps. I mean, if you're in a situation like that, then that's cool. But I'll tell you, there's elements. I mean, Monkey Knife Fight is DFS, but there's elements to it that are very similar to like player props. It's a nice way to do that. If Monkey Knife Fight is legal in your state, but gambling isn't, you can play their DFS game and kind of get, it's not the same thing. It's not, but it's close enough where I think you'd have fun with it. I really do. So sign up, use the promo code RANT, and that'll help out our podcast a lot if you do that as well. All right, so let's dive into the games here. Uh, we'll kick it off with Houston and Tennessee. Yet again, another really impressive offensive performance from this Tennessee team. And that is saying something, because I'll tell you, Houston in this, Houston's playing inspired football. Maybe it just wasn't Bill O'Brien, right? Maybe maybe that's all it, it that's all they needed. Get this dude out of here and we'll start playing football because they obviously have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. Deshaun Watson tossing four scores, throwing 335 through the air. Not a ton on the ground, but doesn't matter. He's the number one fantasy quarterback without the Monday night games. I'm recording this before the Monday night game. So if you're listening afterwards and you're like, Ratcliffe, you're wrong. Well, yeah, up to the Monday night game. So all my stats here will be up to the Monday night games. Love what we saw to Will Fuller, six for 123, 11 targets. 
But Brandon Cooks, second week in a row, big-time numbers out of him. Nine catches for Brandon Cooks. And Darren Fells showing that if Jordan Akins isn't there, if Jordan Akins isn't playing, Darren Fells is like, he's basically a tight end one. Six for 85 and a touch out of him. David Johnson, 19 for 57, but we didn't see a lot of Duke Johnson, so at least there's that. And David Johnson did get in the end zone, so if you played him, you have to be happy with it. But like I said, it was so impressive on the Tennessee side. I mean, Ryan Tannehill is on fire. Obviously, the monster play of the day was Derrick Henry. How good was he? How good was that long touchdown? How good was the 200-yard performance? All of it. A.J. Brown, despite a tough matchup, getting in the end zone twice. Not the most efficient day with just 56 receiving yards, but who cares when you score two touchdowns? But the only thing, if there is a negative here, it was Jonu Smith leaving with an ankle injury. We don't think it's serious, but of course, any injury we have to keep an eye on. And then Anthony Ferkser, I barely know her, goes out eight for 113 and a touch. That should have been Jonu. It should have been John. Anyway, we'll talk about Ferkser a little bit more tomorrow on the waiver show. Cincinnati, Indianapolis, uh, a weird game. A game where the Bengals get out to a surprising lead. And, you know, you did not expect to see that one happen at all. Uh, you didn't expect the, the Colts defense to look somewhat flat early on. Their offense looked flat early on. But as we've seen this year, no lead is safe, seemingly, in the NFL. I mean, we almost saw that with the Ravens-Eagles, which I'll get to in a little bit. No lead is safe, and the Colts ultimately end up pulling this out. There you go. So maybe it's a rookie quarterback thing, because we've seen this with the Chargers a couple times, too, with Justin Herbert. But regardless, a couple takeaways here. I don't know if this was game script related or not, but Joe Mixon played 39 snaps. Giovanni Bernard played 35 now, Mixon was fine. Now, he should have had a bigger day. He dropped a surefire touchdown reception, but he was still fine for fantasy. It's just I don't like that snap distribution. How about the wide receiver snaps? T. Higgins, 59. A.J. Green, 58. Tyler Boyd, 57. Not surprising they basically ran 11 personnel the whole time, but T. Higgins is now a fixture, and they're not getting him off the field. Uh, A.J. Green had a decent enough game here, not that anybody played him. But at least it shows, all right, well, maybe there is a little bit of fantasy meat on the bone. I mean, he had eight catches for 96 yards. T. Higgins still had more yards, but um, and he had the end zone target. But A.J. Green at least rosterable, let's call him that. Drew Sample is not rosterable. Uh, he's on the field basically the entire game and only sees uh, one target, no catches. So there you go. Colts running back touches, Jonathan Taylor, 16, Naeem Hines, 5, Jordan Wilkins, 1. 16 to 1 is really good for Taylor and Wilkins. The 5 for Hines was all in the passing game, so about as good as you could hope for if you have Jonathan Taylor on your rosters right now. The, the one thing I was really concerned with is whether or not they were you know kind of heading towards this weird committee of Taylor and Wilkins in early down. Not there. And Taylor, for what it was worth, his involvement in the passing game here, he had four catches, so that really helped his fantasy production because only 12 for 60 on the ground, but four for 55 as a receiver, really. That does a body good right there. T.Y. Hilton ran the most routes, played the most snaps, but only had one catch for 11 yards in what was a tough game. 
It was really a lot of Marcus Johnson, which was surprising, just called up from the practice squad, and Zach Paschal in the passing game. Seven targets for Paschal, eight for Johnson. But how about Trey Burton? Uh, this just in, Philip Rivers likes throwing to his tight ends. A touchdown for Burton, a touchdown for Jack Doyle. Four for 58 for Burton, three for 29 for Doyle. I'm reluctant to go too overboard with Burton. Uh, I did have him as an ad last week. We'll talk about him again tomorrow. I don't think I'm getting, you know, I'll be at the point where we can use him as a top 12 guy. But at this point, you know, he should be rostered. The thing that holds me back is he played 35 snaps, Jack Doyle played 39. So it's a somewhat limited role. You know, it's not completely limited, obviously, because he saw five targets. But that's that's the one thing that's holding me back there. Hey, how about the surprise in Atlanta? At or well, it was in Minnesota for Atlanta, I guess I should say. Uh, maybe it was Dan Quinn because that looked like the team we thought they were going to be. They are what we thought they were. They go out and air it out. Matty Ice looking like Matty Ice. 371 passing yards, four touchdowns, one to Calvin Ridley, one to Hayden Hurst catch and run, two, two touchdowns to Julio. Julio, you feeling okay? You feeling okay, brah? Eight for 137 and two scores in a game where he was maybe going to be a little hobbled. Nope. And two end zone targets. This was this was exactly what we wanted to see out of the passing game. Not out of Todd Gurley, though. 20 carries. Okay. All right. You have my attention. 47 yards. <sighs> Todd Gurley. Brian Hill still looks... I, I mean, it's not like Brian Hill had a great game here, but I still think he looks a little bit better on the ground. Uh, this game, 46 snaps for Gurley, 21 for Brian Hill. So it's still not flipping. But on the other side, I, I guess I'm done with Minnesota backup running backs. No, the game script wasn't good for Alexander Madison, but come on, man, really? He's the number 41 running back before Monday night. And there's going to be some running backs who outscore him. So he's, I mean, come on. I got Mike Boone last year in week 16. Twitter won't let me forget that. Mike Boone was fine in week 17 when it didn't matter. Now we get Madisoned. I mean, come on. <laughs> Seemed like a smash spot, but whatever. So Madison, uh, he'll go back to being a handcuff. You know, hey, if we if we had like a like a four or five game stretch where he was going to be the lead back, I'm sure he puts up a decent fantasy line in at least one of those games. But what can you do here? I mean, this is this is just the breaks in fantasy football. Um, Justin Jefferson, nine for one sixty six and two. Now, this was weird because, remember, last week we had double-digit targets for Thielen, four targets for Jefferson. This week we have double-digit targets for Jefferson, five targets for Thielen. So something's going on here. I'm going to investigate. I didn't watch this game back yet, but I will have this uh, set up, uh, and I'll pass along the information when I watch this a little bit closer. But I'm wondering why Thielen wasn't targeted as much. But either way, I mean, Thielen at least salvages a okay fantasy day in PPR because he got in the end zone but this was all Jefferson big time big time play with Justin Jefferson uh and then Irv I mean hey for what it's worth four for 55 for Irv so another solid game for big Irv uh Denver and New England the New England offense cannot move the ball through the air like this was a game where you know it was sort of bass awkward in terms of what they were doing like 
you throw on Denver, you don't necessarily run on them, and all they wanted to do was run on them, and the efficiency shows. Other than Cam Newton, here's what you have. Cam Newton was fine, right, and ended up being a top-10 fantasy play as of now because he rushes for 76 yards. He scores an, uh, a touchdown as a runner. <laughs> he catches a ball <laughs> for 16 yards. He just filled up that stat sheet. Uh, but here's what you get otherwise. James White, four for eight. Mm. Uh, Damian Harris, six for 19. Yikes. Rex Burkhead, five for 14. <laughs> I mean, James White, at least eight catches for 65 yards, which is you know good for PPR, but they couldn't do anything on the ground. And so attack him through the air? No. Two catches for eight yards for Julian Edelman. Three catches for 38 for Demir Bird. Uh, Isaiah Zuber, first time I've ever said his name, one for 16. And then Izzo was your pretty much your best receiver not named James White. Man, not good. So they need something here. I mean, this is a game where you really would expect Nikhil Harry to be a factor, and he just wasn't. Two targets. And one of them came on like basically the final play of the game. So I don't know what to do there, but at least Cam's running, and I guess that's all that we really need at this point. On the Denver side, I tell you what, man, Tim Patrick, he had only four catches, but he goes up over a hunch, 193 air yards on his eight targets. That's an dot of 24.1. That's a big-time number right there. Uh, Drew Locke, you know, a little bit swimming upstream here, but big-time air yards, 391, so at least he's chucking it. I don't mind that number. It's a good indicator number. No Dalvin Cook. What a week for Dalvin Cook. Uh, He has the DUI, then strep throat. Uh, I don't know. I'm not trying to figure it out. But uh, Phil Blinsey, I mean, Phil Blinsey went up over 100 uh, on the ground, 23 for 101. No involvement in the passing game, but basically no involvement for the backfield in the passing game. Only one target to the backfield. Royce Freeman had it, so that's all you get. Not much involvement for Jerry Judy. This was basically all Tim Patrick. So if you have Tim Patrick, I think that's a good sign here. Otherwise, well, I'd say all Tim Patrick. It was all Brandon McManus. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Anyway, moving on to our next contest, Washington and the Giants. I took Washington to win this thing, and Riverboat Rod almost delivered. I mean, hey, I'm not going to knock that play because if you have a team like this, you're building for the future, right? And if you, you know, you as a head coach, you come and say, hey, man, we're going to roll the freaking dice because I believe in you guys. I think that fires these guys up, even though it didn't happen, it, he didn't convert. But I think that, you know, I get the move. I get the move by Ron Rivera. Anyway, 12 targets for Terry McLaurin. Kyle Allen looking his way a lot. Kyle Allen wasn't terrible here. I mean, granted, he was facing the Giants. Wasn't terrible. Two touchdowns, 280. I mean, solid enough day. McKissick outproduced Antonio Gibson yet again. But I think this is a lot to do with the game script because McKissick did have six catches here. So they were playing from behind for... You know, a good chunk of this thing. McKissick, 14 touches, 13 for uh, Gibson. I, I Honestly, I don't really have anything to say on the other side. Devonta Freeman, a little bit disappointing. Um, we'll see if if uh, Darius Slayton is okay. Uh, has a little bit of an ankle issue, but did get it in the end zone. But, man, Daniel Jones. I mean, that's, there's just nothing to be said. Ugh. Let's move on to Baltimore and Philadelphia. Philly clawing back in almost pulls this thing 
out or at least got to, you know, almost got to overtime there. But another weird week for for uh, air yard purposes, Carson Wentz is now leading the league in air yards. I mean, if there were actual receivers here, and it's not to knock Travis Fulgham because, hey, Travis Fulgham, six for 75 and a touchdown, solid week. But if there were actual receivers here, I don't know what Car- Carson Wentz would be having a massive year. I don't think this is all on him. 213-2 and two for him. Decent fantasy play because he does get in the end zone as a runner, but 381 air yards, 9.5 A dot. A lot of it went to John Hightower again. He had 130 air yards. He only had one catch. It was a 50-yarder. But John Hightower, over the last two weeks, has 340 air yards on 10 targets. That's 34 yards per target. Sheesh, only three catches for him. But, man, if they ever connect on these, those are the types of plays right there because John Hightower costs you nothing in DFS that wins people million-dollar you know, million contests if, if it actually works, but maybe it just doesn't work. I don't know. Zach Ertz banged up, 10 targets. Banged up, though. Going to miss time, three to four weeks. Uh, this is the Eagles this year. They're just completely, completely banged up. Dallas Goddard won't be back because they are playing on Thursday. Miles Sanders, banged up. Nine for 118 on the ground here. And, of course, the long run is where he got hurt. We don't have any update uh, post-MRI, but he's not going to play this week. So we'll talk about Boston Scott. Boston Scott's going to be a pretty premium pickup this week. No doubt about it. Um, And then if you're looking deeper, Corey Clement would be the deeper name. Uh, I do think they lean Boston Scott over Corey Clement, but they're going to use Corey Clement. So he'll also be in the waiver conversation for us. Uh, Otherwise, moving on to the Baltimore side, Mark Ingram was banged up in that one with an ankle injury. If he misses any time, I I think we're getting to J.K. Dobbins territory. And now is the time when I want to start to look to get J.K. Dobbins on benches. It wasn't a great game for him. They used more Gus than they used Dobbins. uh, You know, on the ground, Gus, though, just... Gus like 14 for 26 he got in the end zone at least but Dobbins looked much more explosive even though the numbers don't really they don't pop nine for 28 and then two for one as a receiver but I'd rather have him on my my bench than anybody else here uh Lamar Jackson good fantasy performance because he goes up over 100 rushing yards has the rushing score Still not getting much done through the air. I still think a big day is brewing for Marquise Brown, but good luck figuring out when it actually happens. But that's kind of where we are there. And, of course, if you're a Mark Andrews owner, you love to see Nick Boyle getting in the end zone. Uh, Moving on to Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Baker banged up in this one, really overmatched in this one. And it was all around a bad week for the Cleveland Browns, but... There are days like this during a fantasy season, and I don't think if you have Kareem Hunt, if you have Odell Beckham Jr., if you have Jarvis Landry, if you have Austin, and Austin Hooper was fine, five for 52, that's fine. I'm not worried about that. But if you have these guys, it's not time to panic at all. It's one week, and I know we have such a short-term memory, but it's just one week. That Steelers team was really good, Uh, definitely good. And speaking of the Steelers team, Mapletron is the guy, okay? Mapletron. Chase Claypool, the Canadian Megatron, is the guy. 51 snaps for him. 
James Washington, 43, Juju Smith-Schuster, 42. We can no longer simply assume that Juju Smith-Schuster in most weeks is the top guy. And I think this is true when Deontay comes back as well. The genie is out of the bottle on Chase Claypool. They can use him in so many different ways. They use him, obviously, in the passing game. He caught all four of his targets, and, man, he was close to a touchdown on one of them. He can be used out of the backfield as a runner, and he scored on one of those. I mean, this guy is a stud. He's a stud. If you picked him up, nicely done. James Conner. 101 on 20 carries. Uh, he scores. Benny Snell scores. Uh, all of it was rushing touchdowns with the exception of the James Washington touchdown. They just didn't need Ben. Ben only attempted 22 passes here. So don't be worried about Ben. They just didn't need him in this one. Chicago, Carolina, David Montgomery, like Kenyon Drake, which is not a, not a good way to start a sentence for running backs. David Montgomery, like Kenyon Drake, made the Carolina run defense look good. Now, to be fair, he had a touchdown uh, that, well, looked like it was a touchdown. It was called back. Uh, so there's that. We're overturned. But uh, 19 for 58 for him on the ground. Yep. And he was the only running back basically used. Cordero Patterson got a carry. But otherwise, all the other 19 carries in the backfield all to David Montgomery. And, of course, he had four for 39, which I guess bails him out a little bit for PPR, but not what you want to see there. Otherwise, not a whole lot of nothing here. Chicago didn't have to do much in this game offensively, which is it's a shame because I had a caller call in on my Series XM show, and he mentioned how... You know, the Panthers weren't a great um, streamer play for defense. But then when you like, when you look really closely here, they had an interception. All right, so you got one takeaway. Uh, you had really a whole lot of nothing out of the Bears. Nick Foles goes uh, 5.1 yards per attempt. Uh, he has a touchdown. Now, he didn't take any sacks, so there's that. But David Montgomery shut down. Allen Robinson doesn't do anything. Uh, Darnell Mooney, nobody, none of those guys kill you. The only guy who gets in the end zone is Cole Komet. So, like, the Panthers' defense had a good game here. They just didn't get rewarded for fantasy purposes. That's why I keep going back to, like, you know, the way we score fantasy defense is just... It's antiquated. It doesn't work. It's not a good system. But regardless, Mike Davis comes back to earth in this one. And really, it was it's my fear of Mike Davis. He's not that good between the tackles. Like, you put him in this system, if he catches a whole lot of balls out of the backfield, yes, his production resembles Christian McCaffrey. If you put these two next to each other and have them run between the tackles, there is no comparison. Christian McCaffrey is significantly better early down between the tackles. So Mike Davis, if he doesn't get involved in the passing game, that's where we we start to have problems, and that's what happened here. He only had two catches, so that's that stinks. Uh, just when we thought we had the wide receivers figured out, Robbie Anderson, five targets, C.J. Moore, 11. So Moore, I know a lot of people were buying low on Moore last week. Nicely done. Nicely done. He's trending up. Speaking of trending up, how about it, DeAndre Swift? And you know what? This wasn't a, oh, he had a couple big plays and now Ratcliffe's going to poo-poo the whole hype of DeAndre Swift. Nope. Nope. (laughs) This is legit. And what I really love about this is entering this game, 
if they would have lost, Matt Patricia would have lost his job. He was going to get fired. So we have, you know, this, uh, you know, big potential outcome here, and they change things up a little bit, and it works. Instead of just, all right, Adrian Peterson, here's 20 carries, you're going to give us 65 yards and maybe a score on your 20 carries. Let's let's get Swift involved early. Boom, rips off a long run. All right, let's keep him in in, in the goal line, you know, the goal line area. Uh, boom, scores a goal line touchdown. Boom, scores a touchdown later on. 17 touches for DeAndre Swift. Not much as a receiver, but I don't care. It gives you extra 3.7 PPR points. 17 touches, Peterson just 16. Uh-oh, it's almost November too. James Robinson, 16 touches on the other side, so there is that. Uh, not the best day for him. DJ Chark, not the best day. Seven catches for 45 yards, but dude had 14 targets, had 193 air yards, so don't worry too much there. Keelan Cole, six catches for uh, 143, but Chark was much more involved in that one. Jets, Miami, LaMichael, LaMichael P. Ryan did get involved here, nine touches, so I'll have to talk about him tomorrow. They do want to get him more involved because Frank Gore just offers so little in terms of upside. Miles Gaskin on the other side doesn't get in the end zone, but man, 22 touches, not going to overthink that. And he looked really good. And and I mean, all that volume ended up still being a pretty decent day. Uh, Devontae Parker was banged up, so we'll keep an eye on him. Moving on to Green Bay and Tampa Bay, I'm getting a lot of questions about, you know, is it time to drop Leonard Fournette? It might be. And I'm not going to just drop a guy to drop a guy. I have to drop a guy if I'm going to pick somebody up to make my team better, right? Does this move make my team better? If it does, then yeah, I would do it. Because for what it's worth with Ronald Jones, another decent game, 22 for 88, two scores for him, looked good enough and perhaps good enough to at least keep the right side of the committee with Fournette. Gronk getting big, five catches for 78 yards and a touchdown. His arrow is finally pointing up, and I think they're going to finally start using him. Uh, By the way, Mike Evans did play a lot in this game. You may not have noticed, but uh, 51 snaps, two targets, one catch, 10 yards. That's Mike Evans. On the other side, I was really surprised that Green Bay was absolutely stifled. Not to say that I was surprised by how good Tampa's defense is, but more or less, I thought that Green Bay was going to be somewhat matchup proof given how good they played this year. They were not. Aaron Rodgers looked off 16 for 35 and a buck 60. When's the last time you saw Aaron Rodgers throw two picks in, in three passing attempts? Well, <laughs> it was yesterday. That's the last time. Good Lord. Aaron Jones at least gets in the end zone, salvages a, you know, a few fantasy points for you there, but 10 for 15 on the ground. Three for 26 as a receiver. Even Devontae Adams, 6 for 61. I mean, he did have 10 targets, so at least there's that. Better days will be ahead. They ran into a buzzsaw in this game. Rams, San Francisco, Raheem Mostert, 17 for 65, 2 for 11, but really looked good. He did suffer an ankle injury, though, and this is why I kept saying, don't drop Jarek McKinnon. Don't drop Jarek McKinnon. Mostert is far from durable. George Kittle uh, puts up a monster line here after last week. A few people were concerned with him for fantasy purposes. This is George Kittle that, you know, and even last week, four for 44. Okay. At least it's better than three for 32. (laughs) That's, that's always my measuring stick. Evan Ingram couldn't even get there this week, by the way, two for 30 for him. But uh, back to this game, Cooper cup, 
Three on nine for 15 yards. Okay, but he had 120 air yards, so I'll go back to that. Bob Woods gets in the end zone at least, but four for 29. Ten targets, 160 air yards, so not worried there. The backfield, though, has a lot of people concerned. Cam Akers, just one snap, 32 for Daryl Henderson, 27 for Malcolm Brown. Are we dropping Cam Akers? Well, I'm not, because in most leagues where I'm stashing him, I don't think there is high enough upside on the waiver wire to make that move make my team better. But if you're telling me that there's a situation, like if you say, hey, I can go out and pick up pick up Boston Scott right now and Cam Akers is the only guy who I can drop, well, that move makes your team better, so I get it, right? I, I'm not just dropping a guy just for the sake of dropping him, though, right? That's a bad move, doesn't help anybody out. And that's all we want to do, man, help you out. All right. That's it for today. Tomorrow, waiver wire, all of that. And plus, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, two Monday Night Football games. Get y'all set up for week seven. We're at the halfway point of the fantasy football regular season. Goes quick, doesn't it? Goes quick. Hey, keep reviewing the podcast. We are we are pl- in the planning stages for the celebration for 1K in iTunes reviews. But if you haven't reviewed the show already... It's really easy to do if you have an iPhone. Open up the Apple Podcast app. Go to my podcast, The Rant, and uh, scroll to the bottom. Click the stars. It's that simple. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Use the hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. And still getting people to this day like, yo, I just realized you're not at PFF. That is correct. FTNFantasy.com. The website gets better every stinking week. We just added... The Red Zone Report, which gives you end zone throws, end zone targets, goal line carries, red red zone carries, uh, red zone targets. The real red zone targets, not the ones based on where the line of scrimmage is, but actually based on where the receiver is. It's good stuff, man. FTNFantasy.com. Use the promo code RATPACK. That'll get you 10% off. I like saving money. It's not bad. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.